0: You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, success without sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. Hey, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice. I'm Jacoby with my good friend and co-host, Jerry. In every episode, we're bringing you honest conversations about what really matters and how to create success without sacrificing the things you love the most. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking to you about vision. Because as you know, without a vision, the people perish. And if you don't have a vision, you don't know where you're going. And you'll be uh, riding on somebody else's chariot to their their destination.
1: <laughs> this uh, vision, man, is um, over the last five or six years, probably the single biggest change in the way I viewed life. In that, you know, we've talked many times about how I was... The way I was brought up, I lived in survival mode and uh, I reacted and responded to life. I, and for some people, this is crazy. For some people, they probably get it. I literally thought that life just happened to you. And if you made it in business or an athlete, like athletics, like there was a sense of like, it was just meant to happen for you or it was lucky Um, I, I distinctly remembering like coming out of college and I had seemed to like take second place in a ton of things. Like, um, I was next in line to be an RA. Like I was, I had gone through a probably five or six different interviews with different organizations and the theme I kept getting "Oh, we loved you. Everything was good. It came down to you and another person, and we went with the other person. So I literally thought maybe it was my spot in life to be number two, That, that just how it was going to be. And it wasn't until I started hanging out with some different folks. I got into a coaching program, and somebody told me, no, life's there for you to go get, and there's things in your life that you need to work towards getting. And so that's been a huge shift. Uh, Probably the single biggest hurdle, even to this day, you know, six years later in the process is
0: really difficult to create this vision. Vision is crazy. I think we all have a vision as I was, as I'm like working on this stuff right now, we all have a vision, you know, it's just, we don't, we don't necessarily think about it. And, you know, in the, in the past, I was kind of the same way as like people get lucky, they have their own. They're just kind of born with the talents that they have and all of that. And so I think we all have a vision, just a matter of, you know, what are what are the glasses that we have on whenever we're we're looking for that vision? And are we actually looking to create it? I think is is really the big thing. And so I was in the same boat. I just for me, it really changed. Recently, when I read that book, uh, Relentless by Tim Tim Grover, I don't know why I just thought about this. I loved Michael Jordan growing up, but uh, Michael Jordan is the goat of basketball. I don't care who you are and what you want to say, but Michael Jordan is the goat. OK, so that that ends that argument right there. But just to think about the, the man who is the best basketball player on the face of the planet got cut his seat C- or wait. Was it his freshman year, his freshman year in high school or sophomore year in high school? I'm sure we'll get some comments and let me know when that actually was. But he got cut. The best basketball player to ever play the game actually got cut. And I had like this epiphany on that. And then you listen to his story and how he's so competitive and all that. And so he had a vision of what he wanted to to accomplish. And so we all have a vision. We all have a dream of what our life should look like, if it's good or bad you know, but the thing, the fact of the matter is, is that you can think of what you want that vision to be and what you want your life to look like, and you can go after it, you know? And so that was like really the, one of the big catalysts for me is like, man, one of the best to ever do it. One of the best to ever do a thing actually was not the best at it in the beginning, you know? And so you've got to have a desire and you've got to have a want, and then you've got to have that vision of what it, of what it looks like, you know? Yeah. And I don't
1: know that, you know, I'm sitting here and I hear you and I know what you're, you know, I think I know what you're saying, but I don't necessarily agree with all of that. Because I think there's people out there that don't have a vision like they, you know, they have like a worldview and they they have an idea of life, but they don't have like a vision of what their life is supposed to look like. And what you said, good or bad, and they definitely don't have this idea of what their life should be like from, you know, from a positive standpoint.
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. But I think that is your vision, right? So what I'm saying is, yeah, the lack of vision is your vision. The lack of vision, the fact that you don't think you can be number one, that is your destination. That's like, that is your vision, you know? So that, that is what is coming true. And I think that's what it is. And so I think we don't, we don't think about it. And we don't, the only way I know that a vision matters as I was like, as I'm looking back on this, I always wanted to play football when I was, when I was growing up, you know? And so that was my vision. I wanted to be a, a football player in the NFL. The, the vision was the NFL. The vi- That was it. Everything I did, everything I was, and everything to get to that point was to be an NFL football player. And I think, I think people have that. I think they, they might like look down on it or poo poo on it, but their, their vision is is like, Oh, I'll never be, I'll never be anything. Like I'll, I'll just be here. Or I'll just, I'm always going to be the sec, like you said, the second place guy. Well, that, that is a vision, you know, it's not developed and it's not maybe what you want or what you thought it was, but that is a vision and that probably will end up coming true, you know, because you get what you, what you seek after, Ask ask and the question will be answered. Seek and you will find knock and the door will be answered. Well, you can knock on any door. Whatever door you knock on is the door that's going to be opened, you know. Unpack it, man. Unpack yeah, it. No, I'm just like,
1: you know, and I so I've gotten I've gotten to a point. Where I know exactly what you're saying and I'm 100 I'm percent track with you. I'm trying to go back and just kind of be where I was, you know, before I started thinking about all
0: this. Um, Yeah, for sure. You never had a dream of what you wanted to be when you were younger? I don't remember one. Nothing at all. I don't remember one. So you wake wake up when, when you wake up in the day, you had no like no expectations of what your day should look like.
1: I wanted to survive, you know, coming from the home I was in. I just wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to, you know, my vision was to avoid being in my house. I guess but, yeah was I needed to you know I just wanted to create separation um my days were much more comfortable not at home and then you know that you know up to 18 that mentality kind of carried itself and so um you know outside of not having a vision I became really good at avoidance you know I'm a pretty good avoider and you know that's its own set of her that's a that's its own series on the podcast Today we're talking vision, though.
0: We are talking and, vision.
1: Yeah. So where I wanted to start was was that idea of not having a dream, because when we started coaching uh, with Kevin Ward, you know that was his big thing, right? And was you got to follow your dream, and he really wanted to pound that in you because he felt like he gave up on his dream of being a basketball player, and so you know one of his big regrets in life, and so he wanted to coach from that perspective in that go after your dream. And the entire time I coached with him, I couldn't create a dream for me. Like it shuffled around like, okay, I wanna be the best version of me so I can allow my kids, you know, case, you know, like almost it was like, okay, it's too late for me. So I need to recreate myself to be a, you know, a healthy version of myself so I can give my kids the opportunity to go after their dreams so my dream in essence became allowing my kids to fulfill their dreams and that worked for a little bit and then and then i bounced around and it's up until probably this year that i'm starting to get some clarity on vision of like you know what do i and so and that's where it was a, a big distinction for me where it went from like dream to vision and kind of how they're the same thing okay so i don't have a dream but i do have a vision of what i want you know, my relationship with Christ to look like what I want my relationship with my wife to look like what I want my relationship with my kids to like, look like what I want my bank account to look like, what I want my real estate team look like, what I want my investments to look like. And so that is starting to really process and get some clarity. And what's, you know, there's one thing that I think all coaches talk about when we talk about vision. And what are you supposed to create?
0: Your vision board,
1: a vision board. And so I am one person that it's so i I'm going to let you in a little bit. A lot of times those, uh, and I don't even know what you call call those things that people want you to do or say, or like, I struggle with them. Like, you know, the idea of a vision board and it just being kind of, all right, that's just kind of goofy, you know? Um, but, uh, I've developed it for me in that, um, uh, and getting some clarity on it. And uh, it's been interesting to watch it change over a couple of years, because the one thing I noticed when I started creating my vision board was like, I started putting all these things on my vision board. And so for my vision board, my vision board is actually a, like a trifold. So I've got some personal goals and statements. Then in the center, I've got like business goals. And then on the right, like I have all these pictures and that's what every you know, when everybody has, you have, you create vision boards, it's always pictures of things. And as I started to develop, I realized that every—I mean, almost—I guess probably eighty percent of everything that was on the right wasn't my vision. It was like what other people had on their vision board, like an Audi R8, as an example. I don't—I could care. That doesn't even motivate me. Like, I, don't I think want an sweet. Audi R8, man. I, I think they're sweet, <laughs> and maybe I'll have one someday. But it's not going to drive me. But you know what, does a 1968 C10 Chevy truck?
0: Oh, yeah, that's nice. now, that's a yeah, sweet yeah.
1: ride, right? And for me, so that so I had to be, you know, but a 1968 truck wasn't on anybody's vision board, it was <laughs> Lambos <laughs> yeah. and Ferraris and RA. Yeah, you got to
0: have something that's like at least, it, yeah. And
1: uh, but it, but my C10 is really sweet though, <laughs> I don't want one that drives around like. The old truck drives around like I want all the new suspension and air conditioning. And so I'll probably spend as much on it as an R8. But but that's so that's an, just an example. Or like I had I wanted to go elk hunting and I think elk hunting would be cool out west. But man, it doesn't drive me. Doesn't like I think it would be cool and part of it was like my brother was you know my brother's into that and so like i've got my relationship with my brother like i think that's cool but doing an outcome doesn't drive me doesn't motivate me and so that had to come off the board so certain things started to coming off the board as and but how they started coming off the board is the real thing started going on the board and it and but what did that what did how did i have to get there i had to do the work i had to do some work and I know you've done a ton of this vision work cuz I've picked up some of my stuff from you.
0: Yeah, I think it's good. I'm I'm predisposed to want to do my own thing as it is, but I I think that is a easy trap to fall into, you know, cuz it's you're always trying to The other hard thing is you kind of quantify your success based off the things you have and and you've accumulated and all that, you know, and so I think the key thing is just being real to yourself. And the question is, what do you truly what do you truly want is always the question that comes up. Right. And I feel like that was the that was the problem we always had in all of those groups. So
1: I don't want to brush over what you just said.
0: Yeah, say it again.
1: What do you want?
0: Yeah. What do you truly want? What do you want? And I think that was the hardest thing that people had trouble with is they we don't know what we we say. We don't know what we really want. But for me, what it ended up being is it's like allowing yourself to have the things that you really want, you know, and then not being ashamed of those things, because I always had the the concept of, oh, man, well, I actually do want this one thing, but does that align with my values or, or am I allowed to have this thing? Or can I have this much money or whatever it is, you know? And, and then, you know, where, where, where do those thoughts come from? And so what are the initial thoughts that come up whenever you start thinking about your vision and what you want? Is it, is it, are the thoughts like, oh, well, you'll you'll never be able to accomplish that or you don't deserve that or, you know, what whatever it is, because those are the things that that pop in my head whenever I'm doing a, a vision board. You know, it, it does sound funny to say you're doing a vision board because it's like, man, I didn't I did vision boards back when I was like in you know, car, my son's ages. Like you cut out magazines and like yeah. feel put like them on a poster board, private, right. Yeah, exactly. You know, but we look back at those things that those those have value, right? you yep. you always tell your kids, you know, you can be anything or you can do anything. And then you get to, you know, 30, 40, 50, and then you're like, Oh, well, you know, now that I'm doing this, I can't do anything. I can't do what I want to do. And so that's what I think has been the main part for me is just, is figuring out what do I really want and what do I desire? Just like you're saying, cause yeah, it'd be cool to have these a car or whatever else, but man, if I could, I'd, I'd really love to, be able to live in a house where like all my friends come over and and we watch, you know, UFC and, you know, swim in the pool and do different things. And then, you know, we just do jujitsu, you know, on the side is what what <laughs> yeah. I'd love to be. I'd love to be doing jujitsu while I'm watching a UFC fight on a Saturday night. You know, that's my vivid yep. vision.
1: So here's where probably the biggest step I took this year was um, we're coaching with uh, David Benz, uh, who's been great for me. And that's his very first question. What do you want? And the answer, I don't know. You know, like you feel like an idiot sometimes. And then I remember one time when he's on a coaching call and he's really pushing back on me and which I love about him. And I said, he goes, well, what do you want? And i said, yeah, I, I just, I'm really not sure. And he's like, that's bullshit. <laughs> and he jumped right in my grill, right in my face about it. And, and he's right. It's, because you just have to do the work to see what starts to come up. And I find it so interesting the you just said about, like, I want a house. So, you know, if you look at your vision board, it's going to have a big house on it, right? And so, oh, man, the dude wants a big house. Like, everybody wants a big house, right? No, but what you said is, I want a house that allows people to come over, that I got a place that I can roll. We got a nice theater. And, like, you have, like, so it's all these nice things, right? But what are the nice things for? It's for the relationships. Not the nice thing, it's the relationship. For me, on my vision board is a house with a big long porch overlooking a little field with a dock and a pontoon boat and a couple of the Cracker Barrel rocking chairs on the porch. And it's not about all that. It's what I see is I see my you know, my grandkids fishing off the dock and my, you know, son on the boat and Holly and I standing on the porch, looking at it. That's what I see, you know, my truck, you know, I picture who's riding in the truck with me, my, you know, so it's just like, it's awesome things, but it, it took the work of, of pushing past just the thing.
0: Yeah. And then sometimes it might be that you don't even, you don't even want more stuff. Right. And so that's, that's kind of the other thing as well, because, the relationships, especially for myself, I've already got a lot of the relationships that I, that I want, or at least I think I do that. I want, you know, I guess there could be more out there, but you know, you like keep pushing for more and more and more, and maybe you don't, maybe you've already got what you want and what you, what you've already, already desired. So I think that's a, that's a, that's a piece too, but, and then how do you push on Without, you know, the money aspect of it, because we always push on the money aspect. Right. So then you talk about relationships. Maybe we're not deep enough in our relationships. You know, how do you put that on your vision board? How do I know my wife intimately and deeply? So we are like, you know, two become one flesh, you know? And so those are the other things I think you, 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 you start to think about as well, or at least that I'm, that I start to think about whenever I'm thinking about my, my vision board is, you know, we put those things on there as far as like cars and houses and vacations and all that stuff, but how do we get into the inner personal things that, that need to be developed too?
1: I think money's the magnifying glass to all to that, right? I mean, if, if you want to have a good relationship with your wife and you start piling cash, that's gonna be a magnifying glass to what that relationship is. One hundred percent. And it's going to be Money's going to be the magnifying glass to all the things in your life, because to do all the things in your life, to do anything in your life, you need, there has to be a money component, but it's just not. And so when you get the money, it's just going to magnify whatever it is is inside of you. That's
0: exactly right. It's exactly right.
1: I want to go back a little bit. You talked about the NFL was your vision, right? Like you, for a lot of years, that was it. That was the dream. And what did it feel like when you had to decide that it was no longer going to happen or it was no longer your dream? So you have all these years packed into, I want to be in the NFL.
0: Yeah. So you had to shift gears. Yeah. I don't really know when I thought about it. Maybe it was in college when I uh, actually, actually, <laughs> it was probably after that because I, I actually tried out two years after I graduated from college. So I guess I never gave up on the dream for, yeah. So that's a good question. I hadn't really thought about it. I guess the way I would put it is, you know, I never, I never gave up on it. So I got out of my senior year. I just got hurt so much. It was just like, man, this probably, this probably isn't going to work out. I I gave it my all for sure. And then my senior year, senior year high school or senior year at the Academy, senior year at the Academy, senior year in college. You know, I just I had had so many injuries leading up to leading up to that. It's like, okay, for one, is this really what you actually want to do or not? But you still do everything. You still go through all the motions and all that. And it's it's hard. It's hard to to go to the NFL from a service academy. Like that is not the focus of, of life at the United States Air Force Academy. And so you've got all these other things going on and then you're trying to train and get ready for, you know, your pro day and all that stuff. And so I just, uh, my numbers weren't great my senior year and then at my pro day or whatever. And then I didn't have a ton of, of tape my senior year either because I got hurt. So I only played in a handful of games. And so there's just, there's just not, and if you're not a gifted, crazy athlete, you are one in a million. I know that's going to sound crazy. Everybody always tells me I'm a good athlete, but man, when I went to Florida state to go run at at Florida state, I'm like, man, I am not, a, I'm not a gifted athlete af- athlete. Like I know what a gifted athlete looks like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, so I just, you know, and so, but I kept the dream alive. So then just to, to give a little more to that, I was like, I graduated, was, uh, stationed, you know, commissioned as an officer started working and then I started working out and then I probably got in the best shape of my life after I graduated from college. And then I was like, man, I should, I should still try to play. I could still play, you know, who, who knows? I could still do this. And so, um, I just gave it one last shot, you know, and Andrea and I, I got, I found a, I found an agent and, uh, we started, we started, uh, driving around. He was actually in Georgia. So every weekend we would drive to Georgia and train with a couple of guys that he had. Uh, and at and, that
1: time you were down in, were you in the, in Destin,
0: Destin at that time. Yeah. Yeah. We were in Destin, Florida. And then we would, we would drive to Georgia every every weekend and do some stuff with him and development and training. And he had some ex NFL guys that he, that he worked with. And so we were like, we're going to do this. And so I trained, I would, I was training three times a day. I would wake up in the morning, work out And my, on my lunch break, I would work out. And then after work, I would work out. So for one whole year, I worked out three times a day. And so for me, like when it was over, Andrea and I, we actually, we actually were praying about it. And, you know, we were like, if this is supposed to be, we're going to give it this one time full go shot. If it's, if I'm going to do it, we're going to do it. And we just asked the Lord, like open the doors and close the doors. And I told, and I asked him, I said, I'm just going to do it for one year. And if it works out great, if it doesn't, then I'm going to shut this door. And so that, that, that was really it for me. So I got like closure on the whole process and I feel like it happened the way it happened for a reason, you know? that was the year they had the lockout. That was the year they like did not talk to any players in the off season. So I talked to NFL teams on my pro day. And then I think I talked to NFL teams one day before the draft. And they're like, we're not talking to anybody, any free agents. We're only talking to guys that are coming in from the draft. And so I, th- I thought that was a pretty clear answer. Like, this is not, not for you. So you I actually feel good about it. I feel it, great were about you good it. With it. then? at that time yeah oh 100 because i gave it my all man i did i did everything to do and i fully believe i don't know if i'd be in the nfl but i know i would have been in mini camp with the cowboys with the dallas cowboys which is crazy because you talk about vision my favorite team growing up was the dallas cowboys and the team that talked to me at the at the pro day was the dallas cowboys they were like and that was an easy team to like when you were growing up it was man, but hey, I still like them, you know. Be a I'm Detroit not... Lions fan. <laughs> <Yeah>. Bill's character. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're a good friend, man. You're loyal. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, man. but yeah. So that that's uh, yeah, it's just wild, man. So I I loved every bit of it, and that's that's who I am today, right? Because I because I played sports because of that mentality because of what my you know my dad drugged me to every single sport. He told me I was. You know, he pushed me to do all those things. And that's, that's why I'm the person I am today. It's not because of, you know, I did want to play in the NFL, but through that whole thing, that's, that's where I get who I am, you know? And so I think that's the, the other thing too, is like the, the journey to the destination is more important than, than the actual decks destined. I hate saying that. But I think that that is the case, you know, how you do it and how you get to that that point is is true. The destination matters, too, though, because you don't want to give up on your dream either. Right. Like Kevin says, which I think is is really important because your dream is there's so much there. Like you have a reason why you desire the things you desire, you know. So.
1: Yeah, that was. Do you think that? um you were good well obviously you think that because you just said it you think that you were good with it because you know you gave it your all do you think that's why people struggle with sometimes giving up on their dream is that they look back and they know they didn't give it all
0: I don't know that I don't know that answer but I know we don't give our all in certain things you know Mm -hmm. and I know if you give your all to something you have no regrets you know that's why that's that's the biggest thing is like whatever you're going to do give everything every ounce that you have and that's probably the thing i learned through football because you know when i was at the academy going going through in high school my team we were like we were I in football we were always the best man like every team i played on we were like we smashed everybody in flag football i was like i was always the fastest kid so like we we could figure out a way to win in tackle football, we like were one of the first pee wee teams in my in my town to like go to other towns and like play people and stuff. And so, we like we we were undefeated for all through elementary school at, in my town, like us, like our my class. And then when I got to high school, we won you know three state championships in a row. So like I was just always on winning teams. Everything I did. And then I got to Air Force, and Air Force was really good when I. When I was coming in and then we took a downturn, like my years there, you know, and uh, what I used to get so mad about and that I it was probably in my development is like I was always on good teams. And so I was just like, man, we we always find a way to win. But like, why aren't we winning? But I came to find out is like sometimes I wasn't giving I wasn't giving my all in those games because we were just so good, you know? And so I started to develop, I just remember going through the process of like, Hey, don't look at the scoreboard. Like you should play the same way, no matter what, if you're like 50 points ahead, or if you're 50 points behind, you know? And so I just feel like whenever, and then after games we would lose. And then I would be like, man, I'm so pissed off that we lost. And then I would look at myself and I would be like, but did I do everything I could to help the team win? And man, for some of those, a lot of those games, the answer was no. Like, it, it's just crazy to look back on. And I feel bad saying that. But a lot of times the answers to that were no. I remember we played a game in, uh we, we always played Colorado State on Thursdays. And Thursday night football games in college, Used back in the day, it's a little different now because there's like a thousand games every day. On every night now, but back in the day, there would be one game on Thursday night, and playing on television was a big deal. And so, we had a Thursday night game. I think this was my sophomore year. I, I, I don't I can't remember if it was freshman or sophomore year, but we had a Thursday night game. So everybody's watching, and then I just I would I was always good, so I was on the team, and then I I would get in every once in a while, you know. So it'd be like, oh, you're going to go in here, you're going to go in there there was never in my head an expectation to pay a full game and that game. And I was like, I played every position. So I played f- full back, I played slot back. I played wing back. And, and so in our, in our offense, there's three different running back positions and I could play all of them. And so I would, I could be, they could interchange me with anybody. Well, I was probably like, probably like six people had to get hurt in order for me to like actually have to play significant amount of time. Well, I, um, they put me at, I think it was at wingback and wingback is the guy who normally carries the ball in that offense. And then like, we had one guy get hurt. Then we had another guy get hurt. And then we had another guy who was basically, he ended up being the starter. And then when he got tired, because there's a lot of running in the flex, you know, you're always running around doing motion and whatever. This dude just was dog tired. And they're like, Jacoby, get in. And I was like, huh? (laughs) so normally (laughs) normally yeah normally it was like I know when I'm going in right it's like we're going to run these formations then you're going to go in and then you'll do your thing but it was like this dude was tired and now it's like okay we need you to actually play and the thing I pulled from that is like I did I didn't prepare like I, I didn't prepare during the week to be the starter like you hear that all the time right like you need to prepare to be the starter but I had not prepared to be the starter because I was like, you know, third string, fourth string or whatever else. And it showed that night and then that was a Thursday night. I still did everything I was supposed to do because I knew what to do, but I couldn't do I couldn't do it at a high level where I could perform, you know? Mm-hmm. And if I and if I probably would have been prepared and had the conviction to where I was like, man, I, who knows? I might have been a starter for the rest of the year based on how I played in that game, but I didn't prepare enough in that time to take advantage of the opportunity that was there. And so that was, that was on me. And I, the only reason why I say that is like, I think when we don't give our all to something like that's when we have regrets and that's when we don't get what we should have because we're not preparing. You have to become the person before the opportunity arrives. You have to become the person before that actually happens, you know? And so that's what I've learned from football and from, you know, being a football player, which is, you know, what I'm, what you try to bring into other aspects of your life.
1: I think that's a huge fault in our, in our social systems where we think like, I need to be paid that to do that, or I give me that position and then I'll be that position where, you know, they, you want the promotion or the position before, you actually are prepared to do the work. And I see that, you know, all over. And I think it's in, in school and jobs and in sports, especially like, you know, who plays travel baseball and we have a really drama free team. There's a, I mean, right now, this is the time of year where our travel baseball season has ended. Tryouts are happening. Teams are falling apart. You know, like, all the dramas kind of coming out. My kid didn't play enough, and you know stuff like that. Where our team, like we have, you know, our core. You know, we're losing one boy. One kid wants to leave our team, and he's because he's going to be a golfer now. He wants to focus on golf, and so he's hanging up uh, baseball. And we have multiple people calling our team to come on our team. So we don't even, you know, like we're not trying to piece it all together. And that's because. You know we're solid. Well, a lot of the drama in the oh my kids getting not getting enough playing time. Well, yeah, your kid's not getting enough playing time. Do you see him in practice? You know how many swings does he take at home? How many? How much does he hit off the tee? How much does he throw? And you know now that Cooper's in high school, that's really you know that high school has put a magnifying glass on how much effort are you putting into the game before you're playing the game?
0: Because it's who you are. It's what do you want, right? So. My son Braden is like that dude's crazy. He <clears throat> he will be playing basketball every single day. I just I pray that he is like at least six three because he like hey. loves basketball right yeah. now. And I'm like, man, dude, I don't tell him this, but in my head, I'm thinking, man, if you don't grow if you're not like at least how tall
1: Carrie, your father in law.
0: I think he's probably five eleven. I don't uh. know if he's taller than me. Come on. I, I'm probably the tallest person. Yeah. I'm probably the tallest person in all in our, in our family. So, all right. I mean, which doesn't mean that doesn't mean, I mean, doesn't, yeah, I, yeah. whatever. I don't know how it works, but my point is, yeah. is like, he's always, and he's, he's the best basketball player. He's already athletic, but he's the best basketball player on his team. But that's because he's literally dribbling all the time. He's dribbling all the time. He's shooting all the time. And I don't have to tell him. You know, that's, what's the crazy part about it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, everybody's like, man, he's like so athletic. And I'm like, man, but he, he literally plays all the time. Or when he had his soccer, you know, when his soccer season was in every day, he was asking me to go outside and, and kick either kick goals or like dribble with him or do whatever else, you know? And so that is inside of him where it comes from. I think it just comes, that's what he was, he was given the Lord gave to him. He just wants to do whatever he's doing. He wants to do more of it. Like he just wants to do it every day. And so I don't know if other kids are doing that or not. I don't think they are They're not. uh, because when I talk to other parents, they're like, man, how is he so good? And I'm like, man, I just, I go out with him every day and we just, I just pass him the ball and then he's dribbling around and then he like sees something on YouTube. He like tries to dribble between his legs, you know? And so he's just trying everything and doing everything. And it's like that Kobe Bryant, you know i listened to kobe bryant when he was talking he was like i i practice 3 times a day i
1: saw that video yesterday
0: i Man. said it to cooper and he's like i practice 3 times a day and he's like by that time i've got so much time in you'll never catch me you'll never catch me you know and so i just see that with him and it's the same thing with us you know is it is it with the housing market is it with whatever whatever it is whatever is your thing you've got to be you got to be in it all day, every day in order to be the best. If you want to be the best, you know, don't, don't say you want something and then don't, you know, put in the time and it's okay to not do something. But if you want to be the best at something, it takes, it takes sacrifice.
1: Well, I don't want to get away from our vision conversation. And I know we're coming up on the end without talking about walk us through how you, how you create your vision or how you kind of focus on your vision you're you know this is something that you've done i think it probably came from tony robbins and it's stuff that we're working on right now in one of the coaching programs we're in with our vivid vision but talk about how you on a daily basis
0: use vision to keep pushing you forward (laughs) Yeah. So it, it evolves for me a lot. It's, it's always evolving, but the the thing that i found recently is me just writing down the things that I want. So writing them down in the morning, and then <clears throat> I don't write them down at night, but I think about them at night. And what I've seen is that the more you write them down, I like Grant Cardone's perspective on this. He's, he's like, you have to be obsessed. He's like, be obsessed or be average. And then he says he writes his, his goals down in the morning and at night. And so I think this is, this is one of those things where it's like, are we doing what other people are doing? Are we doing something that, that we can develop for ourselves? And so what I take from that is that I need to be thinking about my goals and dreams all the time all day, every day. And what I found is that, um, if I am, the more I'm thinking about them, the more I'm making decisions every day to get towards what my vision is. Because when the, when the day, when, once the day starts, you start to get distracted, and if you don't keep those things in front of you you'll start doing things that don't truly matter is what you'll end up doing and so just just looking at my goals my my visions writing them down and then uh also visualization so taking time to in the morning to just you know take time with yourself and actually think about those things what does it look like what is it going to feel like what is it going to smell like what is it going to taste like even you know and so we all, we all have memories when we have memories, we get, we get pictures in our head. And so whenever you're thinking about what you want your end time to look like, you take that picture of what it is, and then you start to make it come to life. And so you make it more colorful. Those smells become more, you know, more flamboyant or whatever you want to say. The sounds, And so I think that is a skill you have to develop and that's 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 the thing that I do. So I I wanna know what it looks like. I'm I'm really starting to think about when my kids leave the house with me and Andrea, like what do I want that to look like? And so how are we waking up in the mornings with each other? What are we doing like in the morning, reading the Bible together? Where are we at? Colorado or Florida or what is the what does the sun feel like on your skin, you know, in the mornings? That's like a feeling that I that I think about a lot. So that's what I use. What do you use? What are you using to develop your, so I've been creating stories of what
1: something looks like. So like at, at the end of the year, so if I, so my goals go into that, right? Like I, so I've got these team goals and I've got some personal goals. And so like at the end of the year, you know, what does that look like? Or for me, like right now, I'm painting this picture of, you know, there's a typically a two week period between when travel baseball season ends and school starts So what, like right now I'm creating a vacation in that two week period and like, where is it going to be? Who is, uh, and this is a new one for me. So it's really raw right now. You know, who's going to be there, you know, that stuff, like what's the water going to feel like, what's the, you know, what's, you know, what's the chair going to feel like, how are we, you know, pulling into like, if we, you know, like, sorry, I'm I'm creating it, but like, if it's a resort, it's going to be like you know, I'm going to envision pulling into the resort, you know, in the Uber or the, you know, the car. And so I'll create that story, but to get to that story, all the goals have to be attained. Like if I, if I don't do the work, I can't get to that story. And so that's the, the story's like the end, you know, so for me, this is the next year. And so I'm working on Uh, a five year or a three year one and a five year one. And then something you said the other day challenged me uh, through your stuff with Corey on a 10 year one. And like, so I've not thought that far out. And yeah, so I've not thought, you know, 10 years out. And, you know, I used to think day to day. Now I'm kind of year, three year working on the five year and I need to push it out to what's that 10 year going to look like. And yeah, it was super awkward when when i started doing this actually ex- when i started doing these exercise it was like i felt stupid i'm like this is ridiculous and then the more i got into it the more fun i started having and the more the more the goals came alive
0: for sure and then that 10 year because i hadn't done a 10 year either but that 10 year especially business-wise it 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 gets you on the ball but I think that's why it's good to connect other things to your business goals. But uh, the 10 year, you break down the three year, the three year, you break down the one year and then the one year you break down to quarterly goals. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is, is if you're not hitting your quarterly goals, you will not, you're not on track to get to that 10 year goal, you know? And so then it brings urgency to actually doing what truly matters. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was saying, doing the stuff, thinking about your goals every day, writing your goals down every day then it determines if you're actually doing the things that matter, because if you're not doing what moves the needle, then why are you doing it? And then you, you know, you think about, I always think about the end times being on your deathbed and and thinking about, man, did I waste my time or did I actually spend it with people that I love and actually, you know, do something great with what I was given. And, and if I, if I don't write down my goals and I stop doing that, I, uh, I start wasting time. Like I'll find, I'll find something to waste time on, you know, and I want to be on on purpose. There's there's no shortage of that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So that's why it's even, that's why it's all more important. You got to know why you're doing what you're doing, you know? And it's so crazy how many times like, it's like, man, I, I was just doing stuff just to do it, you know? So really good stuff on vision, man. Vision is there's so much that goes into vision, right? And vision is so important. And, uh, Maybe we'll crack out the rest of it on if everybody has a vision or not that we started on in the very beginning, but I think everybody's got a vision. You got to develop that vision and then, uh, uh, to make it what you want it to be. Everybody has greatness inside of them. Right. And so hope you enjoyed this episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, talking about vision, how to get where you want to go. And, uh, as always, You know, you can catch us anywhere you you're listening to this podcast, but we always love a five star rating and review, especially if you got some value out of this episode and then share it with somebody that you love, because this is definitely an impactful conversation. It's going to help your life out. So in so many different ways. So we will catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you get notification of all new episodes.